Well, this second passage that Christy read to you this morning from Luke chapter 1 is a prayer or, or even a song uh, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed. Uh, and I wanna, we're going to focus on that this morning. It is often called the Magnificat, which comes from the, one of the early translations of the Bible in Latin. The word Magnificat means it praises. Um, and the it is her soul, because it starts out, my soul magnifies the Lord. Uh, so it's been called that. It's been set to music many times, the Magnificat. It's Mary's soul's song to praise, to exalt, to magnify uh, the name of the Lord. Now she, has, she is months pregnant at this point. She has received the news from the angel that she was to give birth to the Savior, uh, name him Jesus. She has gone to visit her relative, Elizabeth, who also has, uh, is uh, miraculously pregnant. She and her husband are more advanced in age and had not been able to have children. And an angel came to Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, and said, you will become pregnant. And anyway, this, the two women have gotten together now. And this is the moment when both pregnant, the, uh, the baby leaps in, uh, uh, in Elizabeth's womb, right, at being near the Savior, um, or was just kicking. Uh, but, but Mary, caught up in the joy of the moment, bursts into this prayer or this song. And it's in that context of, look what God has done with both of us, my relative, and even bigger than and beyond the two of us, look what God is doing. And she, this, this prayer is filled with the, the joy and the reflection on God's faithfulness and God's goodness. Um, so that's what I want to focus on this morning is that joy, but also reflect on the fact that, that Mary uh, is courageously, faithfully uh, in the midst of just a number of challenges and burdens, and yet she finds a uh, reason to, to give thanks to God, to celebrate God, to, to experience God's joy in the midst of these challenges, these burdens uh, that she is facing. So that's kind of the the thread we're going to follow uh, through this. I want to start in verses 46 and 47 with the beginning of her song or prayer, and I'm probably going to be interchangeable how I refer to it. Uh, it's a prayer, but I've, I've heard it sung so many times I can't help but think of it uh, as that. So in, in verses 46 and 47, uh, you see it up on the screen, she begins, my soul exalts the Lord. That means lifts up, magnifies, makes great the name of, you know, declares God is great, and my spirit has rejoiced, that's the joy word, found joy in God, my Savior. That's her starting point, right? The, again, seeing Elizabeth, realizing what God was doing, it, it elicits this response to her. It makes me think, now she has had an angel messenger come speak to her, so she pretty well knows God was trying to get her attention. You can't miss it if an angel shows up you know, at your house. But it makes me want to ask the question, have you ever felt like God was trying to get your attention, perhaps more subtly than an angel messenger, but nonetheless, you felt like, feel like God's trying to wake me up or tell me something or get my attention. And what do you do with that, right? It, sometimes it can maybe feel off-putting, like, who, me? Is God talking to me? Sometimes it may feel like, Oh, mom's asked me to do a chore that I don't particularly want to do. And you have the choice of reluctantly doing the thing or uh, choosing joy. What Mary did in this prayer, and this is what we're going to look at, is that she focused in on 
not so much herself, she started there because it was a miraculous thing, but her focus um, went to God and, and the, the arc of what God was doing in history and in her life and in the life of the people around her and the whole world. And that focus, I think, allowed her to experience God's joy. So if God's trying to get your attention, I think from time to time, God does that for all of us. We don't always recognize it as such, but God wants to uh, partner with us in the world for his glory. So all the time, I believe God is speaking to us in one way or another. How do we, two things, focus on, oh yes, that's God, and God wants me to be a part of something. And how do we secondly experience joy in the midst of that? Well, Mary doesn't stay focused on herself for very long. Um, in other words, God, if, if, if I begin there, oh, God's asking something of me, what is that? Am I going to joyfully respond to that? Ultimately, what Mary shows us is God isn't about me. I need to be about God. I need to be about what God is doing. So I want to talk a little bit about what, what it was that God was asking Mary to do. Uh, she uh, was under the weight or burden of a number of things. Uh, the first is um, Roman rule and oppression. You may remember, you may not, at that time, the first century, uh, the, the Roman Empire governed, ruled the whole known world. And in order to put roads across all of that, they, they taxed heavily all the various peoples that they had conquered. They had local uh, rulers in place, and they had soldiers uh, backing that up to collect the taxes, to maintain order, and so forth. And that was a burden on the Jewish people. Uh, it had been for a uh, hundred or so years. And part of their spiritual longing for a Messiah, for a deliverer, was specifically to throw off the yoke of these Roman taxes and rule and all that that meant to have a, a big uh, global uh, empire kind of running their lives and ruling them. So she was with all of her countrymen. Um, she was experiencing that. She also had been told, not yet married, you are going to have a baby. And if that wasn't enough to deal with, what's, uh, what's Joseph going to think? How is his family going to respond? I'm pregnant. I wasn't planning on that. There was the additional bit of, and he's going to be the savior of the world, which you know, we can't even comprehend the weight of that. I mean, a burden's a fair word, even if it is an honor and a privilege. That was a lot on a very young woman, right? Personally, uh, within family and friends, her whole people in terms of the Romans, uh, Mary had all of that on her. And yet she starts her prayer, not with, woe is me, I have all this going on, stomping your feet or weeping into her pillow, but with... Um, giving glory to God. And when she does mention herself in verse 48, um, she says this, God has had regard for the humble state of his bondservant. That's her. God has had regard for me, the humble state, the lowly state of his bondservant, her. And then she goes on to talk about what God has done. And I, I counted something like 12 words that either describe the high and mighty on the earth or the lowly and humble on the earth. And there's this 
um, dynamic running through the next few verses of her prayer that says, even though we live in a world that feels like everything's upside down, um, the ones with all the power and wealth and money are oppressing and crushing us and we don't have what we need and we're struggling, uh, why is it all so upside down? Her prayer says, but God has all the power and authority and God is, not only will set this right, but God is setting all this right. So I put a few of the words up there. She talks about the proud and the rulers and the, I would call it the selfish rich, right? Who don't look out for others, who take advantage for those around them. And she talks about the hungry and the humble and the servants. Uh, and this is some of what she prays. Let's see, it's going to be easier to see in my bulletin, I think. Um, God has scattered the proud. He has brought down rulers. He has exalted, lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things with, um, to meet their need. He's sent away the selfish rich empty-handed. He's given help to his people, uh, his servant Israel. So in her prayer, she's recognizing, again, not, not bemoaning her own state, Romans, pregnant, this huge responsibility, but she is honoring and praising God that God is in the midst of setting right all that looks so upside down and, and not right in the world. And so she gives God credit for that uh, and finds joy in that. And she says of God that God is bringing judgment and justice, whether it's leveling the, the earthly mighty who are oppressing like the Romans or whether it's lifting up the hungry and the humble. God is in the process of setting all things right. Provisionally, beginning that work now, as Jesus would later teach, the kingdom is here now and yet is not yet complete. And God would be about this work. And then she goes on to say that God is merciful uh, through the generations. She's uh, tapping into Psalm 104 that describes God's faithfulness, not just in the moment, not just moment by moment, but across multiple generations of his people. Um, and she really, this, this song, the Magnificat, is primarily not about Mary, but it's about God's faithfulness. That's, that's what she's lifting up. That's what she's rejoicing in, is God's faithfulness through the generations. So she mentions towards the end of that, a couple of uh, people that, that key us into that. The first is that generation to generation. She's specifically talking about the generations of Israel. And she mentions Abraham. Right? God made these promises to Abraham. And God has been faithful in keeping those. And is still being faithful even to this day. So she celebrates God's faithfulness as she thinks through the history of her own people. And, and realizes her own place in that. This Messiah that they've been praying for, hoping for, waiting for, for generations, a messenger, an angel messenger from God has said, you will give birth to that Messiah. So Mary moves in this song from what is God doing in me to what is God doing around me? What is God doing in the world? And that's, that's what I want to end on with you as a, as a point of application. Again, Kind of the two things, how can I focus on what God is doing in and around me, and how can I experience joy in that? And Mary models that for us. How do we find joy that is a, a gift of God? Again, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not a, a fake happiness that we muster up, right? We blow our little New Year's trumpet 
oh, God has asked me to do this thing. It is a gift from God that is rooted in recognizing God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's justice, God's mercy, God's compassion in the world even now. And if we can focus on that, what God is doing and how we can be a part of that, of course there's joy, right? Because those are good things. Because God is setting right what is not right in the world, and we get to be a part of that. So my question for you, and this is going to sound awfully familiar if you've been around here uh, any time at all. This is one of those preachers really just have one good sermon that they keep preaching over and over. It is the question, what is God doing in and around you, and how can you be a part of that? Right? It's, we, it's so easy to go through our life focused inward what God can do for me. Well, I'll pray for this need or that need. What can God do for me? Say my prayers and read my Bible. But God's story is that God is at work in the world. God is accomplishing this setting right of a world that was turned upside down and establishing his kingdom in it. He's saving, rescuing people to be a part of that, that, that kingdom, that, that citizenship, that family of belonging with him. The question has to be not what can God do for me, but how can I be a part of what God is doing? And, the, and the, the invitation is this gracious, arms wide open, come be a part. That's what God says to each of us. He's made a way for us to be a part of that. So the, I was going to call it a Christmas question, but honestly, I'll, I'll ask this question all year long if you'll let me. Um, what is God doing around you here in Charlotte, in South Carolina, Matthews, Fort Mill, Wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you go, if you're visiting here today, God is at work around the entire world, not just in the United States, in uh, Ukraine and uh, Germany and South Korea and even in Russia and um, everywhere. God is at work. How can people who are asking the question, God, what are you doing? How can we focus and see? In confirmation this morning, we talked about a man who was blind and Jesus opened his eyes not just in the moment, but he, he spit and put mud on his eyes and said, follow through with these instructions I'm giving you. Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And then the man could see. And he could see what God was doing through this person, Jesus. That's the invitation um, that Mary models so, so well for us. Focus in. What is God doing? And how can we then, the follow-up, how can I be a part of that? If God is trying to get our attention, how can I be a part of what God's doing in uh, my community, in my school, in my workplace, in my family, um, wherever uh, it might be. I want to I end by reading a, a couple of verses from Matthew. These should also be familiar to me. And it, it again taps into this idea of God's trying to get my attention. What would it mean to see that and to follow through on that? And is there, is there a joy to be found in that? And I would say yes. Mary found it. This is what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I, don't, I don't at all say this flippantly. That sounds like a young man who grew up with a mother who knew what it was to find joy and purpose in obeying what God had asked for. Um, 
I can imagine Jesus heard prayers like the Magnificat as he was growing up. And certainly he was God and knew all this in some way also. Um, But that passage, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And me, you will find joy. Um, Sounds a lot like uh, his mother's prayer as well. So may God help us to hear, help us to focus, help us to experience his joy in whatever he is asking and in the challenges that uh, you may be facing individually in your own life or in the world around you. Amen.